Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Wellbeing Sessions with me, your host, Nate Pidcock. In today's podcast, we'll be talking about why self-trust is so important, what happens if we don't possess it, and how we can use self-trust to respond to peer pressure. Here with us today to help us understand why self-trust should be prioritised, we welcome qualified health coach Sam Thorne. Specialising in integrative health, he supports students in balancing different areas of life, specifically mental, emotional and physical well-being, working with the ways in which these interact and affect each other. So welcome, Sam. Thank you very much. Lovely Thank to you be for here. being here. Yeah, it's brilliant to have you here, Sam. I'm really excited for this podcast. Thank you. Yeah, me too. Me too. So I'm going to start off, Sam, with what exactly is self-trust? Self-trust is um, it's a very interesting word. It doesn't really always point towards what it actually is, <laughs> as is with language. Um, you know, it's a lot of interpretation going on. So self-trust is very much about um, inner trust, which is kind of what we're focusing on mainly, because um, we'll come to a bit later the difference between inner and outer trust. But um, um, trust that whatever happens in life, you'll have the ability to cope with whatever comes up, sort of down to a T. That's what self-trust is. But self-trust is something that for some people comes more naturally and for others who maybe have been through certain experiences in life might have a little bit less self-trust and the kind of issues that can come up from that day life. So yeah, to really understand it, you have to kind of go in a little bit deeper. But I think it's a very interesting topic for the current times, especially learning how to uh, how to have better self-trust and in essence, uh, have faith in yourself which is another kind of way of, of saying self-trust. So yeah, that's that's the kind of general overview of things that I'm focusing on a lot with students at the moment. So would you say that self-trust is similar to resilience? Resilience can be part of it, but it might be shown in different ways. So someone who might seem very resilient in terms of, for example, they look very confident and tough, might not always have a huge amount of self-trust. It might be like a kind of artificial barrier because they've been hurt in some way or something like that. So their patterns, perhaps from previous experiences, childhood, that kind of thing, have maybe taught them that in order to survive, you have to be fighting all the time. So there's this kind of unconscious loop that's going on that might not always be necessary when things are actually quite peaceful and nice <laughs> on the outside, but in, inside there's a different sort of um, underlying mechanism going on. So a lot of it is to do with the, the unconscious part of our being and how we can redirect that towards our conscious intellect, which kind of can see what's going on in the present moment. So would you say that self-trust is important to have to be able to cope with exterior situations that you may be unable to control? Yeah, absolutely, because there's a a sort of a difference between having self-trust and sort of the poor decision-making. So, you know, having the trust that we will mess up sometimes, and that's also okay. And we use that as a learning experience and part of our growth. Um, Because what sometimes happens is that we don't trust because we we shut down a whole genre of our life thinking that that was the problem so don't go there again like for example in relationships you know you say, oh i had a terrible relationship never trusting relationships again <laughs> instead of looking at it 
using the more conscious, more the rational mind to say, okay, that specific point didn't work, but all these other things did work. So I shouldn't shut the whole thing down, but you know, look at it in a different way. So awareness is really a key part of the self-trust. It's like the foundation of developing self-trust is, is awareness. That's really interesting, Sam. Thank you very much. So what what would you say would happen to someone if they don't have any self-trust? Where would that lead them? If they didn't have any self-trust, um, what usually happens is we become quite constrictive in our, in our ways, we become a bit rigid because self-trust and fear are very much linked. So um, you can probably see in people that are not very trusting how they behave towards other people, you know, maybe thinking uh, like, oh, no, don't trust this person because this will happen or this will happen, which is most likely not based on clear judgment. So when we are in a non-trusting state, we're basically in a more of a fearful state and the fearful state closes down our kind of rational thinking ability which is like why i was saying like constricting so what we need to do is in order to see clearly we need to expand that and that's what trusting is it's expanding our awareness so that we can make better rational decisions okay so you, you spoke about the fear there would you say that fear is something that does stop people from being able to trust themselves yeah absolutely it's um one of the main blocks we can um experience and one of the oldest <laughs> in our in our unconscious where you know something's happened and we're still running around like headless chickens it's like part of the human journey i mean if you look at animals for example something fearful happens they go ah chased by a lion and then the lion's gone okay back to eating grass <laughs> whereas humans they somehow uh, continue to go over and over the past situation which has already passed and gone but they take it forwards too much and you know it, it's said that actually most of our fear and anxieties it comes from 40% about worrying about the past 40% worrying about the future so present moment awareness is one of the the anchors that will help get rid of fears overall really so it's about being present now but also about letting go of the past as well absolutely yeah yeah and letting go of the past is it's not always an easy thing you know sometimes you say to people oh you know as you're saying it's like i'll oh, just let go of it like just you know <laughs> and then all of these things like oh it's easier said than done and things like that but actually it is but the link the, the key thing is to do very simple things with consistency over time where sometimes we expect immediate results and things like practicing presence or getting uh, reducing our fear takes significant effort yeah really important to know that we can only expect results over a period of time like good long-lasting ones because how we got into this situation may have taken quite a lot of time so it take a little bit of time and effort to get out of the situation so so you said there that it's easy to say to someone let go of the past just be just be done with it and it's very easy to expect that of yourselves as well. What tips would you give to someone who wants to try and let go of something from their past? So I think one of the key things is to know that everyone has very un unique circumstances because a lot of what comes up in our adulthood can be from traumatic things earlier on in our life. So everyone has a very different base. So we need to understand that first we're unique in what we need to let go of and we can't really compare it to anyone else because we, we don't really know what's going on very complex very and they might not even know either or we might not even know what really yeah. went on so acceptance is one of the the key practices of letting go 
there's a really good book actually I use with students called um, it's called Letting Go uh, and it's by David R. Hawkins and it's a really fantastic book about the kind of scale of emotions that we go through and how we can deal with each emotion and sort of allow more presence and more methods of letting go of certain emotions but yeah it does take an individual approach like with integrative health which is my main uh, focus it's like what works for someone might not work for somebody else so it's a very internal journey health overall so yeah i think um, acceptance will get you really far on the journey of letting go to know that we're human we're we're full of amazing things and also ridiculous <laughs> you know i think letting go you have to have a bit of humor because it softens the whole situation a little bit if it's if anything's too hard it needs a little bit softening in a nice way in a, in a kind of yeah so <laughs> that's, that's definitely a key that, that sounds like really good advice for our listeners there sam um thank you very much for that and the book sounds great as well i'll be sure to check that out um so going back to self-trust how does having self-trust affect the decisions that we make in our lives? Um, so coming back to linking um, what happens when we don't, if we have um, fear, it restricts our thinking and ability to make clear decisions. So when we do have a lot of self-trust, it can really give opportunity for new events, new people to enter our life, um, all sorts of new circumstances. And it can be very empowering because we start to see life for what it is and not so dominated by those kind of negative cycles of distrust and fear that have been happening in the past. So we start to move towards something new and fresh and we allow to let go of any um, unnecessary baggage, let's say, that's been kind of weighing us down. So it's it can be really uh, liberating too. And there's a really nice kind of way of thinking of it. I think it was a quote by Jim Rowan and he said, success is about doing simple things really well and that was used more in the business context but it also i think is really effective in the health context and many other areas of life as well but it's about keeping things simple with consistency and awareness and i think these days as well you know a lot of the signs that we get it's like to slow down and uh, just start to appreciate more of the connection we have with other people and the connection we have with ourselves in particular because we get busy because we're trying to avoid ourselves all the time like you know if you can just say okay to someone just just go and sit there for 10 minutes and like with, with nothing to do it's like ah you know <laughs> my mind is like a monkey it's going all over the place so the ability to just yeah sit and do nothing is <laughs> is um if you need a test try that <laughs> that's a good uh, way of seeing where you're at <laughs> definitely i really like that um i think that quote that you said is really interesting i think that possibly our students should who are listening could just trust themselves to make simple things just be successful at the, the simple things like you said really and doing that you can gain a lot of trust in yourself then yeah absolutely it's um we often get sold very complex methods because it sounds good <laughs> but actually um it's like in, in a coaching you know doing the right things as well the simple things but the right things at the right time um for a certain individual will create the best effect not the most fancy although that might work but it's, it's very you've got to look at it from a slightly different point of view <laughs> yeah yeah thank you very much so I, I think a big part of of student life is is peer pressure 
And I think a lot of our students have to deal with that, especially when you when you first arrive at university, dealing, making new friends, being in that social situation. So how could our students use self-trust to respond to peer pressure in a positive way? So I think one of the best ways, like I said before, is with acceptance. So it's the inner outer kind of journey. You know, we have to accept ourselves in order to accept other people. And I think when we can kind of see other people from a a light of like, okay, they're going through something very unique for them. And um, I'm going through something very unique. And just to apply acceptance is is one of the most harmonious things you can do. And because and it gives you an anchor. And I think if you can have an anchor in yourself and trust yourself, you don't get blown around by people's opinions and um, you know uh, other people's insecurities like uh, join this do this you know uh, when you're anchored you're sort of like yeah thanks for the information and, uh, <laughs> you know um, and it takes a lot of courage actually to have enough self-trust to be true to yourself and not swayed by other people so much and what I find is often when you actually do that fully the right people start popping up anyway you know you'll always attract it's like familiar with like the law of attraction you'll always attract the right people depending on what state you're in so if you're in a certain state you'll attract similar so i think yeah giving yourself the permission to to relax (laughs) that's a really important thing and that comes with trust as well um, because relaxation again gives that fluidity that expansion so and also a bit of humor you know again like i said if we overthink too much it can get a bit rigid so we just need to say oh that's funny we've got this pattern going on there and that pattern and you know i I behave like that sometimes as well and and see other people not so separate but just remembering that you also do a lot of these things we're not always aware of them you know (laughs) it's very good to reflect on these things but it's not always easy because uh, you might think oh i thought i was totally totally perfect everyone told me i was <laughs> that kind of thing. So that's why I say, like, give it a bit of lightness. And um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> humor seems to be a big part of it for you. I, I admire that. Yeah, it's one of the one of the quickest ways to the heart, as you say. <laughs> Definitely. You've mentioned a few times about accepting ourselves, and you also touched on it's accepting other people as well. So, would you say that's accepting that people are the way they are, and you're not going to be able to change them? Yeah, that's that's a big part of it, I think. And but even if something comes up, because you know we can't restrict our expression too much. If we say, "Oh, I feel negative towards," I don't know, this group of people, or this, and saying, "Oh, that's okay." But as soon as we catch it at that point, it stops manifesting outwards, and we can kind of stop it at its uh, in its tracks. And so that's why I say, like, the conscious part is really fundamental so that we don't go around doing things unconsciously and hurting people when we don't mean to even so yeah i think um it's really important to to stop it with the the conscious awareness yeah (laughs) thank you sam um you also touched earlier on inner confidence and outer confidence but what's the difference between those so inner confidence is something that comes through um a very natural way it comes out um and it's sort of the, the true essence of confidence is the inner confidence. Um, and the outer confidence may be genuine, it may be not. <laughs> it may be something that just flows from that inner confidence. And it just, you know people like this, you, they're very easy to be around and there's a sort of ease about them. But outer confidence might not always be genuine. It might be sort of as a sort of protected shield, like we, we talked about a little bit earlier, to sort of compensate for lack of inner confidence. So if we're feeling in a bit of a fearful state, we might be 
putting on a bit of a show on the outer level to sort of make sure we have the right friends and people like us and, you know because it's about our inner security that needs to be nourished i think the important thing now is just to understand that when someone seems to have a lot of outer confidence it might not always be the case yeah this is quite interesting with actors. I remember Jim Curry, he said, one-to-one, he's totally nervous. He's really unconfident one-to-one, but on the stage or on TV or whatever, he's like obviously a really confident guy. So it's, it's the same with, with um, people generally, you know, sometimes put on this persona, this personality. So um, to also be mindful of that, that if we start comparing to people, we say, oh, that person's so confident. Why am I not so confident? You might actually be at a very similar stage. It's just coming outwards in a slightly different way. So it can be quite refreshing sometimes to know. Yeah, definitely. So it sounds like what you're saying is that we should all try and strive for inner confidence. How, how would you develop a sense of inner confidence? So developing a sense of inner confidence comes from also having a sense of being, a sense of purpose and there's um, many sort of different ways that you can access that purpose and everyone has their journey which may take longer or shorter to find that purpose but I think it's, an, it's a very interesting one to explore because to give a sense of adventure about the whole process um, we need to kind of look at like not always focusing on always achieving that end goal but seeing how we can enjoy that process of exploration and there's a really interesting model uh, called um, it's a Japanese model of um, being. It's called Ikigai. And um, it basically sums up your reason for being in these different segments. And I think it's really interesting because um, I can just say the main segments. It's like combined of that, w- that which you love, that which the world needs, and that which you can be paid for, and that which you're good at. And you kind of combine these together yeah if you i mean if you google ikigai you'll see the the model there it's quite a popular thing but it's a really good way of looking at um ways of enjoying life and ways of finding a purpose in a kind of yeah in a fun way and um again sort of not being worried not worried about what people think or say okay you should be doing this or that just sort of um connecting with your true true desires not not other people's and that will give you a more sustained confidence um, rather than just a sort of short-term like bursts here and there you know it gives more roots i think when you're connected with purpose you touched there on sort of enjoying the journey as well rather than constantly pursuing and dreaming of that end goal it's about enjoying the now absolutely yeah it's um Again, it brings a lot more harmony and a lot more peace if we can be more present more often because, I mean, we can probably relate to this in our own lives, like the desires and the sort of journey of getting something is often more exciting and more fulfilling than actually getting the thing, you know, especially some material thing like a car or something like that. But if, if it's like five years to save up or something like that, it's going to be like, oh, I can't wait, can't wait, can't wait. And you get it. And then three months later, you're like, oh, I'm bored. I want an even better one, <laughs> you know? So yeah, I think uh, it's just something to bear in mind that how you can both strive for the goal, but also how can you enjoy the little steps, the little achievements on the way. Definitely. Thank you very much for that, Sam. And um, thank you very much for coming along today. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you. Yeah, very welcome. It's good to connect. Thanks. Definitely. Hopefully um, have you back soon for another podcast. Fantastic. Thanks a lot. Brilliant. And thank you very much to all of our listeners again for tuning in. And I hope you're all having a lovely day.
Thank you very much. Bye.